Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Stop being a preacher. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Here comes a train. That was just in time. We're getting a late start today. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to miss that train. I was just going to say everybody's going to miss that train. I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be right here, just like E.T. told Elliot. Um, yeah, no. So what I was going to say about Rogue One is, uh, literally one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history is Darth Vader showing up. Oh my gosh. It, it, it's so good. Like, I can't tell you, you know, there's a couple scenes in the Star Wars cinematic universe that take you back to when you were a kid, the one where Luke turns up in Mandalorian, right? Spoiler alert. If you didn't see Mandalorian and yeah, but and you know, what? I really, you're hate- just lame. I, I really hate the CGI, Luke. I, I'm not a fan of let's I make they it did together. good though. So Tarkin was weird in Rogue okay. One, and so is Leia. Leia's creepy. I see. I didn't think Leia was. I thought Leia was better than than Luke. Mm. Yeah, no, I thought she was bad in the one where she flashes back, like the very last film. That was yeah. I mean, because they pretty didn't bad. want to show her face because they're like, uh, we didn't do this. Good. No, remember so. when they have the flashback when she's young and she's she and Luke are training together. That's what yeah, yeah jumping around. Yeah, like showing her face very much. Yeah, like it was a lot of her running and jumping and. Yeah, so that one was really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I would say that. Uh, yeah, Rogue One was, I mean, that scene, there was that one part where he, I was just watching it again. I was explaining to Liberty, you know, because she's going to go back and watch four. Like, we've seen them all twice through, but she was so young that now, like, she's 12. And so she'd probably seen them every four years, right? So now she's watching them again. And I've got to explain, look, the next scene's going to open up. So I can't wait to get in and watch that scene. Probably not as cool for her, but there's that one part where Darth Vader, he force lifts a guy in the air. He, the guy's like stuck on the ceiling and walks past him, just slashes him with the lights. He's walking past like it's nothing like there's these combo moves he's doing that. I'm like, man, they didn't have video games like today, right? Like there was no such thing as a combo move when they made the first trilogy. There is now. And, I, uh, I still remember in Rogue One when Darth Vader is, is walking down, slicing everyone and you hear in the background, finish him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's amazing though because you got these guys screaming like you don't get that in the first one but these guys are going ah, like they're all screaming it's 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 savage i mean so, darth vader is savage in this luke and i saw free guy 
on Monday. Oh, is it good? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's absolutely a video game movie, and it really yeah. to me I felt like, like it. I f- it felt like Fortnite. And nice. One at one point, they bust out with a, a Fortnite um, sword. Basically, it was like no a way. It's it's one that Luke has. It's got the llama. It's, nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, um, and then the other thing too is when Free Guy came out, they had all these uh, scenes where Ryan Reynolds was in Fortnite, and you'd go up to an ATM and he'd talk to you and he'd give you a quest and you go do it and you'd win something. And then uh, they came out with uh, this character named Dude. So <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is guy. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the video game creator wanted to make a, a buffed version of Guy because Guy was so popular. Right. So they made Dude, who's like That's hilarious. this this buff guy. And then he's got a, a, a tattoo of the blue shirt, which is what Guy, you know, is known for wearing. He's, he's known uh, as Blue Shirt Guy. Okay. All right. And um, so Luke has that character. So after we went and saw it on Monday, it's like every game he's been playing as, as Dude. As Dude. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think I got to see that one. I'll probably wait for it though. Oh yeah. At this point, it's almost out of theaters actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about snake eyes. Yeah, we did. You, you, I can't remember you, you were disappointed that they came out with a snake eyes movie because now people know what your tattoo is. Was Yeah, I was because you know, secret ninja tattoos are the bomb. And when it goes back to your childhood, you know, all, all my, all my, well, both my tattoos, I only have two. But I'll get, I, well, that, I'll get two that more. one on your your other arm looks like two tattoos. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's actually the same picture. It's uh, it's Smaug the Dragon and Lonely Mountain, and it's actually from uh, Tolkien's original drawing. So it was one of his sketches, and um, the one that the only one I would probably get that's not from my childhood is uh, the London Calling album. I wouldn't put the words on there, but uh, Joe Strummer smashing his guitar is probably one of the coolest, most iconic shots ever. Mm. And uh, and I and I think the Clash is, is top three bands for me. And and it's hard because that's hard because the bands rotate all the time, particularly old punk bands. But I've I've kind of been a, a solid Clash fan since I was about thirteen. You know. You know, I wasn't allowed to listen to the radio until I think high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, I think funny. that's part of the reason why I'm just not into music. Like I, yeah, yeah. I got Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball, and other than that, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you. I, the other day, I was listening to the Deftones. I'm like, I wonder if people like this. I should send them some, and because uh, you can share, you know, songs I've probably on heard it iTunes. I'm sure I've heard yeah, it. You have. Well, you've mm-hmm. seen The Matrix, so you definitely heard the Deftones. That was the dude, first time I heard dude, it. Dude, have you gone to the Matrix website? Not seen the new trailer yet. Well, the new trailer hasn't released, so they oh they put up a week, website, though, right? Uh, supposed to be this yes week. on Thursday. On Thursday, okay. right. so they put up this website, and all it is is all of a sudden it's it's two pills: the red pill and the blue pill. You choose which pill you want to take. And then it takes you and it gives you like behind the scenes, but it's, it's told in a story fashion. So it's kind of like a trailer, but it's not. And then of course it starts back at the beginning. And of course everyone clicks the other one and it goes, everything's okay. You know, it's like, there is no matrix. Everything you see is real, but it's, oh dude, it's, it's a great little website. It'll, it'll, it'll kill maybe just 90 seconds of your life. So, I mean, it's not like it's going to waste. It's not like a big time waster. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a big event that they're coming out with a new one. Yeah, you know some of the pictures though of Neo make him look like John Wick is just now in it's now in the Matrix because right. he's got the long hair again. It's like no, Neo had short hair. You got to cut right. his hair back. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we don't want a bald Neo, so I, I'll take the long hair. We had a Neo. bald Neo. Did we? Yeah, remember because they when he had. When he was all plugged in, he was bald oh, there. Oh, yeah, we did. You're right. Was only, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it was only in the Matrix yeah. that he actually so had he comes hair. back. Obviously, he comes back. I don't know, but I'm telling you this. I literally I can't wait for that movie. I don't know when it's, it's supposed to be good. When is it supposed to be released? Do you know? Uh, I don't, but I do know that November 19th is the day for um, the Wheel of Time series, which I got to be honest, I read all those books. I don't I was like know, 15, know 16 of them. 
and they're huge. The guy was trying to be everybody. He was trying to be George Martin. He was trying to be Tolkien. He was trying to be Dune, Frank Herbert. He was trying to trying to literally like have one book to rule them all. And it was meh, you know, and you think, hey, I read 16 tomes by this guy. Uh, the last two were written by uh, Brandon Sanderson. They weren't that great. But I was very excited to see that there was a Netflix series coming out and or maybe it was Amazon. Got to be honest, didn't look great. Looked kind of cheesy. Looked a bit like, uh, did you see the Shannara series at all? I don't even know. I, I watch an episode of that because, you know, these are like books from when you're young, you know, that they're making into, into movies. And that was that seemed a little cheesy. Well, it's it like back in 97 when they released Starship Troopers, they could have made that a phenomenal movie. I thought that was a good movie. I mean, mm-hmm. minus the but naughty bit. That, that killed it for me. It was, but it wasn't like it could have been even better and they could have yeah. made that into a real franchise. So, you know, you know, the, the black sergeant on that, like, come on, listen up, you maggots. They actually used him. They based the, the there's a black. There's a, oh, you yeah. said, yeah, well, he's black. He's not black. Not the, not the main character, but there's like a, when they go to boot camp. No, he's white. He's totally white. He's the guy yeah. who goes. Put your hand on that wall, and he hits it with a, a knife, and he goes, "The really? enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand." He's white. Okay, I have to go back and look because I remember reading where the, 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 the book, but he's not. okay. So in uh, okay, so it had been a lot longer since I since I had seen I hadn't seen that since the nineties. Um, so you might be right, but in uh, in Halo, they said that they based the uh, drill sergeant, or or I guess he's like a a colonel or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but they base him off of that character. So and you can totally see it. And, you know, Halo is kind of that that scene. It's that as a video game, really. It really is. Now that you mention it, I could totally see it. And see, that's why they could have made the movie so much better yeah. because, yeah, like when they have those suits on, they can like kill anything everywhere but they were like I, always getting overrun by the bugs in the movie you just gotta ask the question why do we not have a halo movie like why did that never happen well i think it's because everything they've done has been animated or you know like like pure cgi movies and it's like eh, i don't want to watch that yeah i suppose whoever they suppose. sold the rights to just didn't have the money to do the movie right right i suppose yeah it would have to be cgi can't have any Jim well, Henson puppets jamming around there. You know? But you could have real actors and a lot of CGI. Yeah, yeah. These are just all like basically animated. I think I think movies like uh, what was the one you like with all the big C Godzilla creatures and the big mechs? What was that called again? The stupidest. The, the stupidest cool movie you've ever seen. Oh, or the coolest dude, stupid movie you've ever seen. Great movie. Yeah. I listen. I have the soundtrack or the, the, the theme song on my yeah. iTunes. Yeah. And the other day I'm like. Oh, I got to play that. And so I play it. Oh, you I like music. That. You just like show tunes. I, you know, I, most <laughs> of the music I listen to are soundtracks. Yeah. Okay. Tolkien soundtrack is up there. This any, anything by, Oh, by the way, I got invited on Sunday to go meet the grandson of John Williams. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, did you know that I, I, I think he's, Okay, I, I couldn't quite get it right. My buddy was just telling me, he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to go up there and record with him and stuff. And his, he goes, all the family's musical. And he goes, yeah, like his uncle is the, uh, the lead singer from Toto. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I kiss the rains down yeah. and out. So I don't need to sing. Nobody needs that. I apologize. I killed the podcast. That'll go in our final episode. Who killed the Church Planner podcast? <laughs> Uh, I can't wait for that podcast to start next. Yes, that's going to be good, isn't it? The documentary, the uh, the dissection. It's just going to be me ranting wrong. about how you never show up and you make me wait. And, oh, that's I'm on vacation this week. I forgot to tell you. Oh, I know, right? Right. Our our, our worst moments. Oklahoma. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. <laughs> So here uh, off uh, Top Gun two again until next May. I'm really. Are just- you kidding me? How yeah. much longer can they do that? I think they're hoping that Tom Cruise will die, and so everyone will show up to see like his Dude, last. Movie. They just want it to be like people flooding the theaters, and well, no, I mean, 
when we went to free guy, I was surprised that the only two, the last two seats that were together were the ones that Luke and I got and it was packed. That's the first time I've been in a packed theater. I don't know if it's because of holiday and wow, you know, all that stuff, but there's a disconnect, isn't there right now between, you know, uh, you know, I, I never know what to think. I'm getting really controversial here, but on the, uh, on the virus, I mean, either it is a thing or it isn't a thing. And now we got, if you got a packed theater and that thing is as bad as they say, then we got problems. If it's not like, like, for example, um, like schools right now, like you'll, you'll get an email. Hey, your kid was in exposed because it was in a class with a family that has it now. And then you got to stay home, but people aren't masking up. So like, it's weird, man. There's all these like weird kind of like you go into restaurants now and there's no mask, but they're saying this virus or this, uh, this variant, like people in Florida are I think it's because people are done. They're, they're just done with all yeah. the rules. I think so too. And, um, for us, we're going to continue to mask when we go out. It's a pain in the butt, but, um, with Eden, you yeah, know, see, if, if it's a, got thing, a we just can't legitimate reason for doing yeah. it. And I think yeah. it's for me, the big thing that like I harp on all the time on my, uh, from concealment podcast that I do with Dan Sams releases every Monday. He's a, he's a church planner in Ohio is I just want people to have the choice. Like, I don't care yeah, if someone it. just give them the choice to do it, not, right. not force them at gunpoint, you know, do what we say. Like, there was a, a an article I just read yesterday. A dude in the uh, Vietnam just got sentenced to five years in jail because he didn't quarantine when uh, he got uh, COVID. Wow! And so they're like saying, "Oh, he's responsible for uh, um, eight people catching it, and one of them died." And it's like, first of all, you don't know if he's the reason why they caught right. it, right? Like. This is baloney to say, oh, well, this person over here is a super spreader and we know it. You don't know it. No, you have no know. idea. No, no. You know, that's the other thing, too, is they came out recently with um, the idea of natural immunity. And they said that if you um, if you take the vaccine, which, you know, I'm all for people taking the vaccine. I don't, I don't got a problem with it. Um I, I personally, as a medical person, I'm like, you know, I'm going to hold back a little bit. I'm, I'm not in the politics of it. I, I neither side where people are either all in or people are like, I think it's all conspiracy. Both of those extremes bother me. Um, but what I do think is that everybody should have the freedom right. to do what they want. If you don't feel safe because you've uh, vaccinated yourself and you're worried about other people spreading, just stay home. You've, you've vaccinated yourself to stay safe. Um, the, the, it's kind of like the, the sex talk. The best uh, prevention is abstinence, right? Like if you need to abstain from a disease society to ensure that's the only way. So, so I think, you know, to a certain degree, it's, it's common sense. But for me, you know, looking at it, um, I, I heard a doctor who, you know, I just listened to him. He, he always advocates the vaccine and I always think, well, you know, give me, give me a little more testing and a little more. The FDA means nothing to me because they gave an emergency. Okay. In the very beginning. And I'm like, well, then now your official quote unquote, uh, okay. Well, and keep, uh, means nothing. And every drug that's been pulled from the market was once approved by the FDA. So. Right. And there's no repercussion. Like you can't go after anyone if it's wrong. And so because there's no accountability for it, it makes me really nervous. Um, I have friends who got it and had heart attacks. Um, I've, I've got things that I've seen now that have made me really, really worried. Um, particularly, you know, for my family, like there's existing medical conditions in my family. So we've just all said, well, we hold back. But my point is I, I do listen to this doctor who talks facts and he's a big fan. He, he tries to educate people on why they should get it. I'm, I'm not in agreement with him. Um, but he, he says good things. I mean, you know, it, it, he's just given his opinion. I appreciate that. But, um, he came out, uh, last week and said, Hey, we just got to talk about this. Like, cause I'll have people all the time. Did you get vax? And I'll say no. 
And they look at me like, you freak, you know, what's wrong with you? You're part of the problem. And sometimes people will be bold enough to say, and I'll just say, look, guys, I had it. Like I've already got it. The way the body works is that when you get it, you're immunized from it. And, and for I don't a, mean a period of time. I've known many people who've had it multiple times. Like Jimbo's had it twice. Right. Right. I don't so know how long you, natural immunity lasts. I also don't it's the same. The, the, it's the same principle though, that yeah. if you get vaccinated, they say, well, you get it again. Like you do a cold or flu, you know, it comes around every year. You get it again, but then you're, you're not, um, you're not as sick because it's not first exposure. Right. And your body goes, oh, yeah, we know what this is. We got some stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was really encouraging because he came out and said, look, if you've got it. So, like, I've I've had people that are like, you know, they're all mad. And I say, well, you know, and they're kind of like, you know, when Biden came out and said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, good. Good. I mean, here's the thing. Right. You if people aren't going to get vaccinated and that's your goal is to get them vaccinated when they get it. Nature is vaccinating. Right. And then people say, well, people die. How can you be so callous? I'm not callous. I'm not cold. I'm an RN. I don't want people to get this and die from it. But I also believe that um, if we run from it, we will always have to run from it. Like you will never stop running from a virus uh, first exposure. I mean, hear me when I say the best thing that can happen is that people you know, that the majority of the population, this is how disease works. This is what's known as herd immunity. The majority of the population gets it. And eventually, um, you know, it, it just goes back to the, the common cold. Um, there are multiple coronaviruses circulating. It's just, they've been around for a long time. Hold on one second. And, and most of them aren't like they, they aren't stateside. I mean, a lot of them are in the middle East and it's like, you know, people there are sparsely populated. So it's right. It's not like, you know, they're passing that around in the major cities. Right. And, you know, some of the coronaviruses that we, that we regularly experience, um, they don't cause us much harm because we're just, our bodies are so used to them. Our immunities are built up to them. And so um, we just, we have to, we have to, to a certain degree, understand that on a philosophical level, um, society has to, encounter the coronavirus and survive it. Um, that doesn't mean every individual will, sadly. I mean, nobody wants to see anybody die. I have friends right. whose parents have died. Um, co- I, I know people very close to me who almost died from it. And uh, by no means am I callous to that. Um, and, you know, kind of like the, the, the media says, you know, they'd be like, please go get vaccinated. Because um, they went through hell when they got it. But, um, but there's other sides of the story too, you know? So yeah. people got vaccinated and then regret it because all the crap that pop loose after that. So, yeah, it's funny. One of my, uh, one of my podcasting partners, Dave Negri, I do the thriving Christian yeah. business podcast with him. Um, he got it and he got it. I mean, he's in his mid sixties, somewhere in there. I can't remember exactly. And, um, so I was doing the podcast with him yesterday and he was kind of like you and me when we had it, his brain just wasn't all there. I'm like, are you sure you want to do it? He's like, I think I got enough. I got enough to, to do one more podcast. And I go, well, here's a question for you. Do you regret not getting the vaccine? And he goes, no, he goes, I've always believed I'd be part of the 99% that survive it and are just fine. Right. And you know, his wife got it as well. And they're, they're both recovering from it. They're on the, the mend from it. But because that was the thought that went through my mind when I got it was, should I have gotten the vaccine? Sure. It's you natural know, to think that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're like, man, dude, I just feel like crap. It's it's no joke when you get it. Right. I mean, right. it's it. You feel bad. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just find the whole thing interesting. Yeah. You didn't you didn't um, you didn't stay down long with it. I mean, you were you are uh, it's about 10 to 14 way. days, something like but that. But I think you also got the new variant. The new variant is not like the old variant. I mean, they say that it, it yeah. spreads faster, but doesn't hit as hard. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. So, but, you know, I will say it, it does seem to be hitting the African-American population pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I've known multiple people that either almost died or did die 
from from it. They're African American, so I don't know what it is in this virus that that you know could just be the people I know, and I'm reading it wrong. It's just a coincidence, but um, I think it has hit the African. I mean, they, I've heard multiple reports it has hit the African American population quite hard. So, right, it's a bummer. So, hey, uh, getting into our topic today, what do you think? Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. So, so okay, so our topic, uh, it, it's its interesting. I'm sorry for all of you that had to listen to the medical ignorance of Peyton and Pete leading up to that. But, uh, but I want to tell you about a course that I'm going to be doing. Um, it's going to be early. If your Friday mornings are pretty free, 7 a.m. Pete to 8.30. And that's so we can have people from Europe join. We can have people from the West Coast join. I mean, if you're on a podcast at 7, 8.30, you still got time. Or I mean, a webinar uh, or, or Google call or whatever it is. I'll, I'll tell you about it and I'll, I'll get it straight. But um, if you're on there from 7, 8.30 in the morning, um, you still get to work. And if you have a life of leisure, a.k.a. you're in full-time vocational ministry, then uh, you got that time, too. You just got to get up earlier. So that was a really bad slam, wasn't it? That was that was mean. That was savage. Well, I wasn't really paying attention to you. I figured I could shut off now. So that's what all right. About? Well, that was that was like Darth Vader going through that white, you know, that that white transport. Did you just throw me up on the roof and slice? Not you. Up? No, it wasn't you. I, you have to go back and listen to hear that. It was a goodie. But uh, but yeah, so a little while ago, I got approached by Alan Hirsch, um, who just said, hey, brother, let's do something together. Now, when Alan Hirsch tells you that, right, I let me just say, I have immense respect for Alan reading his books. He's just one of those guys where you come away going, how does your brain go there? Like he is extremely intelligent. I call him the Einstein of a pest, but here's the thing, right? Like Alan, Alan's uh, he's a, he's an interesting guy. Like he, uh, he goes places. I would say he's a thought pioneer. Um, he kind of caused, Within evangelical circles, he caused the revolution that is currently taking place. Um, when I wrote Church Zero, I had not yet read The Forgotten Ways. Um, so I didn't know. I thought I was writing something a lot more original. I had read The Shaping of Things to Come. I don't remember what all I read in there. I remember at the time, I, I mean, I just remember thinking, these guys are radicals, more like the mission stuff. But when I read Forgotten Ways, I was like, oh, oh, I'm not the first to the party. In fact, I found I was quite late to the party, but it still wasn't mainstream. And so I wrote Church Zero. I actually reached out to him before it published and said, hey, I was on my final edit. And I said, hey, I'm just reading your book. Can I um, steal a quote? And so the book says when the paradigm shifts, um, everyone goes back to zero. And so that was... um, because they named my book Church Zero. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. That's what we're doing is we're, we're paradigm shifting. And I got that from Forgotten Ways. So I asked him, hey, can I use that quote you use in there? And he goes, yeah, yeah, cool. And he endorsed it, which was kind of radical because nobody knew who I was. Uh, nobody cared who I was. Alan, Alan was just being generous. Um, so recently he, he got in touch. We, we've been circling each other for a number of years. First time I ever met Alan, um, he just talked to me about prayer for like 20, 25 minutes. And I remember thinking, okay, really? this dude's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I just said, I, I, first time I met him, I was with Robert Frazier, the guy who runs Exponential up in Boise. And uh, he was part of my network back then. We trained him up. Um, he actually, you probably remember, he came through jump school and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, he's in uh, Boise now. Yeah. He says that was literally the best training he's ever gotten. Like not just on church plan, but he goes, look, it was the best. It's better than any, but like he loved it. So it, it was really interesting because I was I was meeting up with him and we're hanging out in this quiet little spot. And who comes walking down this little garden section? But Alan, you know, and uh, we get to talking to him. And I said, how you doing? And he goes, and this is what he said. He just goes, yeah. He goes, I, I've been meeting. I've just been meeting with God every day. And he goes, it's just amazing. Like. He goes, I'm, bro, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting at this. He's a real humble dude. He goes, I just am spending like six, seven hours a day in prayer right now. 
I remember just thinking, okay, you know, hold, hold the door. This dude's a little unique. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's where I, I think I want to get to know this dude better. Like, that's cool. And he just said, look, I, I, I don't want anything. I don't, I don't need anything. I just, I just keep drawing closer to God. Well, then some of his best works came out of that. Like, um, I'm reading, uh, Reformation. Haven't finished it, but that's, that's a book all about that, about prayer and, and spirituality. But his book 5Q was kind of like Alan 2.0. He wrote that as almost like an outline, like a map of the Apest universe. And I'll, I'll give you a quick summary of what he said in it. Apest, right? You break Jesus down. Paul says when you send it on high, he uh, split himself, his ministry up into five different functions and gave that to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. Cool. He says, and this is so that eventually the church will grow up and fill the Jesus-shaped hole. So Alan goes, well, look, if Jesus is made up of these five, five functions and Christ is the image of God, that means the Father also has an apex side to him as well. And if man is made in his image, then that means all humans have this five apex. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of like a logic, but he, he, he walks through it. And he goes like, look, he goes like the apostle, the pioneer that he goes, you find this in every branch of study in the universe. Like he goes, look, scientists are pioneers. Some scientists, they discoveries, um, world explorers, you know, um, people that start revolutions. He goes, this is all the apostolic thing at work. And he goes, the prophetic. And he walks through that and he goes, some of these people in history, they had this prophetic part of them that's the heart of God. And so what he brings out is something to the effect of there are parts of society and parts of, of the world where it's, it's just in the pattern of who we are as humans. So when Christ, when you bring Christ into it, it's a fulfillment of what God has innately put within us, but it's a spiritual empowering and gifting which was really cool. Like, I was like, wow, that's, that's really neat. So um, if you get a chance, check that out. So that's known as 5Q. 5Q. It comes from the um, abbreviation IQ, right? Your, your uh, intelligence quotient. So uh, it, it's a way to map out your IQ. Well, the 5Q is that idea that what, what is your uh, APEST IQ? And so he's got all that um, in that book. But 5Q has kind of become his new organization. I say new. This is actually quite a few years old. But 5Q is, is kind of the hub that he runs everything out of. Well, he runs a bunch of courses out of it. And so he tapped me and he said, hey, we've always talked about doing something together. We've talked about writing books together. We've talked about doing all kinds of cool stuff. But he said, what if we ran a course? Because he said, bro, look. He always calls me bro or Pate or Ninja. And he goes, look. Does he call you Ninja? He does. Goes nice. to ninja. In fact, he posts on his Facebook wall and he, I think he called me the ninja plantologist, but uh, he calls me a bunch of really funny stuff. So, um, and by the way, he's, he's funny with nicknames. Everybody for Alan has a nickname. So it's pretty funny. So he, um, he said, look, I'm, I'm not really like church planning. Isn't my gig. Um, he's more like, uh, I would say, uh, what would be the word he uses for himself? Um, he might use the word architect. He's, he's got some cool terms of how he sees his own ministry, but he goes, look, you're, you're the church planning ninja. Let's get together and let's do a course on APEST and church planning, which is, you know, that's my sweet spot, right? Like that's church plantology. Cha-ching is written from that. But the cool thing is it'll be him on this course as well. It'll be myself, Alan Hirsch. Um, Rich Robinson, who's normally his wingman for training, that guy's a genius. He's a guy up in Scotland. And, uh, and then there's this guy, uh, Joshua Johnson, who does some training with them as well. And movements are his specialty. So uh, it's going to be cool. And so we're going to do that. And I'll just kind of walk you through um, some, of the, some of the stuff that we're going to cover in that, if you don't mind. First of all, how long is it? When does it start? How long is it? So it's going to be six months. It meets. So it's 12 sessions. They last 90 minutes every time. It's going to span six months total, 24 weeks. But again, it's 12 sessions. So it'll be every other week. 
it will be, if you're on Eastern, it's 10 a.m. If you're on Pacific, it's 7 a.m. And it's going to start on 24th of September. So about two weeks from now. And then it just keeps running uh, every two weeks from there. It takes a break uh, around the holiday season, gets back, um, you know, end of it, it takes almost two months off, actually. Um, so 19th of November, and then you head into the 21st of January. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. It ends in April. So just think of like your school year. It's going to follow the term of your school year. And during that time, you're going to learn a mission-driven team approach to church planting. And the course is going to focus like plantology on burdens, giftings, and discipleship. So um, here's my, uh, in this course, you will discover how to learn from biblical patterns of planting, how to utilize an APES framework for ministry, how to hardwire a group for multiplication, how to develop movement thinking that can scale beyond yourself. That's where a lot of church planners uh, get hung up is they just think about their church plant. So movement thinking, and that's where Alan's going to help out a little bit. How to disciple and lead in the way of Jesus, how to form a team and navigate team dynamics and planting, how to activate, develop, and deploy people in their gifts, how to assess adaptive models of planting based on mission, how to organize churches around movement dynamics, how to gather on mission, how to scatter on mission. And so each one, they're interactive in those 90 minutes. And uh, yeah, that's it. So they'll have input, reflection, discussion, pre-reading, um, and some videos prior to it. Are you limiting how many people are on each yeah, I, I, my understanding is it's any, it's either 20 or 25. So there will not be a, um, a, uh, it's not like a hundred people. Um, and, and what's cool is I've done some, some of Alan's, like I did his, uh, five Q accelerator and you break up into smaller groups on there. You'll have like these main sessions and you'll break up. And I'm telling you, like doing courses with these guys, they have these, they have this way of like finding like that, that nagging question that's deep down inside of you that changes everything. Like when I went through 5Q, I, I felt like I got punched in the face with the first question and they just kept getting better. Like every question that they're asking, you're like, dude, like it, it, they almost feel like prophetic questions. Like they ask you, they're helping you identify what some of your obstacles in those areas are and how to overcome them. It's pretty cool. It's almost like having a coach as well as having training. So I'm, I'm impressed. I'm following their format for this because um, I, I do my own trainings and I use my own formats. But for this, they're like, no, no, we'll do it every one. I'm like, no, I like your format. I want to I want to I want to follow that format. So so that's it. So you'll you know, most most of the sessions will be led by myself. Um, Alan will be there and uh, he'll take some of them as well. Interesting. So what would be the outcome for someone who goes through it? So what you're going to learn, the outcome will I mean, be that you, not, not what are they going to learn? What, what is, why would someone want to go through this? Like what is going to be their yeah. change in their life as the outcome right. that they're expecting to get when they go through it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, learn's probably not the best way, but what you're, I, I want to say what you're going to gain from it is the ability to plant churches um, without an over-reliance on leadership. So, so like we all know, like the apostolic, but uh, one of the taglines we have for it is what if church planning was possible and accessible for everyone? When you really start digging deeper into the, the APEST, you start realizing that everybody has these gifts that can be used. Church planning is not as hard as we think. One of the reasons we make it harder is we gate it behind central leadership and we make them do everything. What I found in Refuge, uh, Long Beach, where you and I were at, I, I mean, you read Reaching the Unreached, cha-ching. My biggest takeaway from that was um, people being empowered and released in their gifts, that that was the key to church planning. It's a key to mission, too. So, and if mission is a key to church planning, then releasing and mobilizing people in their gifts is the key to mission. So that's what this, that's what APES really doubles down on is it gets you into, into a, um, I would just say it makes church planning a lot easier when you're able to shift it from yourself as a leader and really do what Ephesians talks about. And that is equip the everyday believer. 
you know, you're, you're going to learn to equip and mobilize people to plan, which is what really the 12 did with Jerusalem. As soon as Paul started the scattering of the church, man, because it says it grow daily and the Lord added daily. And, I'm, you know, they, they were so well discipled and there was such a strong uh, emphasis on their gifts that when the scattering happens, churches just get planted all throughout Judea um, and up into Antioch, where we pick up the story. It says it spread all over Judea. So as the gospel spreads, churches are planted and there was no church planning courses. There was no... Uh, it was literally that what they did in the incubator in Jerusalem all these years, discipling those people and empowering them and equipping them and releasing them their gifts. It wasn't done by leadership. It was done by everyday ordinary believers. That's what the microchurch movement with Brian Sanders, the underground, all those that are part of microchurch. It's, it's, it's almost like the, the secret weapon of the church right now, the Holy Spirit in you, right? Um, showing the world what Jesus looks like. And when you gather people to do that, Hmm. You know, um, if you'll if you'll bear with me for a minute, I got to tell a story. Oh, okay. I'm down. So, so I've been working on some stuff for uh, a course that I'm about to to teach some real estate agents, and I came across a really interesting stat. And um, <clears throat> you, I'm sure, know this being in the the medical profession or have been in the medical profession, but um, they did a study, uh, Harvard business. It was, it was uh, put in the Harvard Business Review, and um, there's a great article on Fast Company about it. But you know how people won't change. It's very hard for people to change. In fact, they found that even when death is on the line, the majority of people will not change. And um, one of the the doctors, he looks at this and he goes, "Look." 90% of people who have had, uh, I can't remember, it, it was like a, a like a bypass surgery on your heart bypass or, you know, whatever they call that stuff. I mean, it was like one of the serious ones. He goes, <clears throat> 90% of them two years later have not changed their lifestyle, even though this is a disease that is because of their lifestyle. In fact, 80% of all of the uh, money that's spent in the medical arena is spent on five main issues that are all lifestyle choices. Uh, you know, you can pretty much guess what they are: smoking, obesity, um, you know, whatever. Right on down the line, I can't can't remember them all. But the point is, is like ninety percent of people will not change even when their life is on the line. So along comes this guy. His name is Dr. Dean Ornish. Some of you might have heard of his uh, Ornish diet or whatever. I don't, I don't know exactly what they call it, but basically, uh, I got a buddy who's on it because he had uh, stints put in his his arteries and and he's like, "Hey, I don't really want to die, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this other guy's thing." So he was part of the ten percent that wanted to change. But what was interesting is, and basically, what Dr. Dean Ornish's whole deal is basically a, a vegetarian diet that's very low in fat. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. So he talks Mutual of Omaha into doing this study. So Mutual of Omaha also, at the time at least, uh, this is the mid-90s, mid to late 90s, um, you know, they, they had health insurance. So, you know, that's why they're like, okay, we'll, we'll do this. So they took 333 people. And what they did is they got them to quit smoking and to follow Dr. Ornish's diet. And a big part of that was they had to come to group meetings twice a week, you know, think AA, think Weight Watchers, whatever. So they're around other people who are in the same situation as them. And the study was only for a year. And then they went back three years later to see where everyone was at. And what they found was that 77% of the people stuck with the lifestyle change. So here's here's the contrast. 90% of people will not change even when death is on the line. And then we get 77% that stick with it even after they're done with everything. And what they found was the, the key difference was one, it was a mastermind environment where they were around other people who were just like them. And the second part was they had a coach. In this case, it was Dr. Dean Ornish. 
that was his, their coach who was walking them through everything. So the reason why I bring that up is, you know, if someone who's thinking about church planning or is in the middle of a church plant, it's like, look, you're not going to change if you leave it up to yourself, statistically speaking. I mean, you could be part of that 10% that's willing to, but 99 out of 10, you're probably more like them. And, um, and I would just say that if you really want to do this church planning thing, you got to get in a mastermind group and you got to have a coach and who better to have than Peyton Jones and Alan Hirsch and who better to be in a group with than other people who are just like you on the same path as you who run into the same issues of you. I mean, wouldn't you rather be on the, you know, three quarters group that actually does it as opposed to, uh, you know, the 90% that always fail. Yeah, I agree. You know, what's funny, man, is that, you know, um, a lot of people read shirt zero, which, you know, fair play was, a uh, an apologetic for a past. Um, and people said, man, I'm ready. And, and what a lot of people do is they'll read the a past, um, outline and go, okay, yes, I'm going to do that. But they don't know how to actually do it. In fact, that's, that's the big glaring. If I were to look at, um, all my writing, everything, what I, the next course I need to write is how to do it. And this is, this is actually, um, this is bigger than that, but it's incorporated all the way throughout. Like in these six months, you ask the outcomes, you will actually learn how to plant with the APES model. Like you're getting, you're going to get practical things. We're going to give you practical problems, challenges, things to work through. And then you get the group coaching and advice of people that are walking that journey. Like this is the five Q crowd, like you said. So these are going to be people that, um, this is the air they breathe, but they're church planning now. And so to be, like you said, surrounded by people, not just, um, the trainers, but also the, the, the people that are in there. Many of them are living APES. And so, uh, like I said, it's not enough to be like, yeah, I agree with APEST. Um, because what you'll do when you plant is often you'll go back into, and I've watched this in churches I planted, and I've watched this in people in New Breed, where they just plant the church with a subscription to the APEST idea. But in practice, they don't know how to do the team leadership that, um, that we talk about in, uh, in, in church zero cha-ching, in church plantology cha-ching. So this course is definitely going to help you gain some of those skills. So uh, thanks for that, Pete. Yeah. I think it's for sign up so, or get info or whatever they're doing. Yeah. So it's on the ministry ninja.com website and the, the specific link, it'll be really easy to remember. It's ministry ninja.com forward slash five Q. So ministry ninja.com. Number five are spelled out. Five, uh, the number. Yeah. So thanks for that. Five and then Q, no space, just five. No space. Yeah. Ministry ninja.com forward slash the number five Q, five Q. So uh, go there. That'll tell you everything. It's got the schedule. It's got all that stuff. It'll tell you what you learn, yada, yada. And then um, you click through onto that and it'll put you into a form that you fill out. We'll gather a little bit of information about you. So that before you even come in, we know who's in the room. We know, you know, we'll, we'll learn who you are and get to know your background a bit. And then we'll be ready to hit the ground running. So, um, and it's not too expensive. It actually, uh, they, 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 because it's the first time we're ever running it, it's way cheaper than it would normally be. So I'll, I'll let you, I won't give any, any numbers out, but I'll let you go in there and just understand this is cheap. (laughs) So. Cool. Well, cool, man. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for for letting me share that, Pete. Because uh, this is this is the closest I ever get to a commercial, I suppose. But I don't give these often. But really, to be honest, um, as a podcast is coming to a close, um, I also feel that this is going to be a deep dive that um, you'll benefit from. So, so while everyone's going to this class now, on top of working, having a family, maybe being in school as well. How are they supposed to do all their bookkeeping and uh, IRS compliancy and workers comp and all that stuff? Well, you've seen, Pete, they're not. We don't want anyone to do that stuff anymore. We want Simplify Church to do it. 
<laughs> nice. Well, yeah. Simplifychurch.com, I'm assuming. Yeah, simplifychurch.com. You can head over there. They will deal with all your bookkeeping and tax compliancy needs. They even have things like EA help and uh, payroll services. So check out simplifychurch.com. They're good friends of us, good friends of this podcast. We know them in and outside of this space. So uh, be sure to check them out. Tell them that we send you. Cool. And is there a way that they can keep all of their uh, stuff online in one spot? You know, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but let me tell you about this really cool service I know of that's called Sermon Boss. Uh, SermonBoss.com, Pete. What it actually does is it helps you be a boss with your sermon. So people go to your website, you send them out, you shoot them here, you shoot them there. You say, hey, check out my video and you send them to YouTube or you send them to what's the other one? What's the other one? Podcast, YouTube. Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, no, what's that other Vimeo. Uh, video site? Vin, uh, Vin, no, no, Vimeo. Vimeo. <laughs> Vimeo. Yeah, you send them to Vimeo. You send them to Right Now Media. What if you could keep them all there and including your podcast? So you don't got to send them off to Apple iTunes. You just send them a link. Hey, check out my podcast. Boom. It's all right there. And it's responsive to their mobile phone. Well, check it out, sermonboss.com. It's going to solve a lot of the problems that you have. It's going to increase your metrics on your site. And uh, definitely check that out. It'll keep people there for the content that they want, sermonboss.com. And let's just say that I need uh, other APEST members. Uh, is there like APEST, simplifyapest.com or? No, there should be though. I think you just invented it. APESTBoss.com or? No, no, it's called APESTME. Dot com. Nice. Or is it apest.me? <laughs> no, it's not that. Oh. It's apest yourself. And that's one. And Check uh, yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, all right. I'm going to be thinking about this all day now. I'll be texting you. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for the podcast today. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going. Sign up to this course and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.